This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of all hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the way to go You also can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature And welcome to the Supernatural Creature and Lore podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin. And this podcast is dedicated to all the monsters, mythology, creatures that go bump in the night, dedicated to the TV series Supernatural, which airs on the CW, which just recently got renewed for its 14th season. Can you believe that, co-host Mel Heflin? I am so excited. <laughs> this show's going to last forever. You're excited, but you're still so far behind. I mean, I think you said the first new episode that you watched was uh, Scooby Natural, correct? Yes. Yes, so you have a long, long time to catch up but you have a baby on the way that you can do tons of midnight feedings with and do and binge watch supernatural while you're staying at home it's perfect yes <laughs> i got through much of my superman uh, box set of bonus material when i was up late night feeding my son because uh, i got that for christmas and he was born a month before christmas so Oh. I uh and then I got the uh the box set from my ex wife for Christmas and I spent many of uh you know, late night feedings uh watching uh Superman bonus material and other stuff on the Superman fourteen disc box set with him. Nice. <laughs> Alright. This episode is about imaginary creatures. It's from season two. Mel Mel Heplin has the episode title synopsis uh for us. Supernatural Playthings. An episode from two thousand and seven. January 18th, Sam and Dean investigate two deaths at a small Connecticut inn run by a single mom whose young daughter plays with an imaginary friend. Now, what's funny is I just said that I I was up late feeding my kid. My kid was born November 2006, so in January when this episode aired is when I would have been doing the late night feedings that I just mentioned, actually. Ah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> We're actually in the time zone of when my, my when my uh son uh was uh just an infant, just about two months old. So uh what were you doing in uh two thousand and seven at this time? Oh man, about this time I would have been getting ready to graduate high school. I would have been staying up late with my friends and just uh, feeling like I ruled the world. <laughs> this would have been uh, 10 years after uh, my junior year in high school. So <laughs> ah. at this point, I was working at a uh, pretty decent job. Um, and then again, my son had just been born and I would have just turned about 14 days prior to this episode airing uh, 27 years old. Hmm. So I was about the same. I am the same age as Dean Winchester. Lots of show connections. Yeah. Isn't that great? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, we put this question on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore group page about 
um, about imaginary friends and wondering if we anybody did. had imaginary friends. This was a while back or whatever because uh, we were. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> we were going to record this episode back when we recorded Scooby Natural and the Croatoan episode, but unfortunately, due to time constraints and other things, we were only able to get two recordings in. So uh, we had to postpone talking about this episode, um, but we want to bring up a little bit about what some of the feedback people have said before we get into the lore about imaginary creatures. Mel, why don't you go into a little bit of the lore about imaginary... Uh, sorry, why don't you go into a little bit of... Blah. Why don't you go into what people posted about imaginary cre- friends? <laughs> All right. So this was posted about a month ago in our group, and we said, did you or your child have an imaginary friend? Could it have been a spirit? I went into a little bit of my own stories and children that I once knew. Um, I would spend the night over there and I would always hear something at night and I would, I would be like, what the hell is in this person's house? So I would get up and, and go find out what the commotion was about and I would see these children sitting up, straight up in the middle of their bed, in the middle of the night, whispering and playing with somebody. And, you know, I talked to them about it the next day and they said it was Tabitha and... Uh, the youngest one told me, it, well, they both said it was Tabitha that it, they were talking to. The it, youngest one told me that Tabitha is a lady that used to live in the house who wears a nightgown and has no head, but speaks out of her neck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm i chalking that up to a, a spirit they were talking to because it freaks me out as much to this day as it did then. We have a Tracy in here that says, yes, we both did, and it's possible that they were spirits. She had a few imaginary friends. Gabrielle says, my daughter did for a couple of years, and I didn't think about it for a while, but yeah. Um, She says, what she remembers, there was nothing spooky. She was just talking play by herself. So that's, that's good things. Okay, anything else? Vicky said... Not her or her daughter, but she had a close friend whose son always spoke to somebody named Adam. Nobody was brave enough to ask who Adam was. Son, do not use the, do not use the spirit board to answer back like in the paranormal activity movies. It leads to Toby becoming your best friend and Toby being a demonic presence trying to take over your daughter. Oh yeah, like that's that's just a, a bad idea. Um, she asked once after a few seconds. The lady's son looked at me with terrified. Look in his eyes. Adam told you to mind your own business. He hugged me and said, sorry, V. Adam got really angry at me and didn't want me to tell you. Oh, my. Why don't you post a comment in the uh, that thread right now, letting people know we're actually going to be talking about those in an upcoming episode, and it'll be posted, and we're recording about it right now. While you do that, the name um, uh, Tabitha, I thought it was Tabitha, but it kind of reminded, I, I thought it was Tabitha. But in the movie The Strangers, somebody comes a knocking asking for Tamara. I thought the name was Tabitha, but I, I was wrong. I was trying to remember, where did I hear a creepy version of Tabitha before? Ah, my name was almost Tabitha. Really? So that's, that's the only other time I've ever heard the name Tabitha except for Bewitched. One of the most popular imaginary friends of all time, um, not in, involved in the horror industry in any way, I think possibly is, uh, besides the cartoon series Imaginary Friends, which was very popular which were all yeah. monsters, um, the famous comic strip by Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, okay, yeah. Because Cal- Hobbes was Calvin's imaginary friend. Um, his pet, uh, pet uh, well, it was not his pet, but his stuffed animal tiger, uh, you know, came to life for him. 
Yes. According to Psychology Today, most young children may pretend games and interact with their stuffed animals, dolls, or other special toys as if they were alive. According to Majir Taylor and her colleagues at the University of Oregon, by age 7, about 37% of children take imaginary play a step farther and create an invisible friend. The variety of forms that invisible friends come in as a testament to the power of imagination. Tracy Gleason and her colleagues cite these examples for their research on invisible friends. As these descriptions show, invisible friends can be human, animal, or fantasy creatures that may appear alone or in groups. Boys tend to invent only male imaginary friends, whereas girls have either male or female ones. I've heard that to be very true. Children with invisible friends can readily describe what these friends look like and how they behave. Many children even offer details about hearing or touching their visible friends. Invisible friends can sometimes be a part of the life of a child and family for years. Now, imaginary friends actually come up in more than one episode on Supernatural, correct? Yes. Sam actually runs into an old imaginary friend of his that uh, was, in fact, real, and we do learn imaginary friends are real in Supernatural. Obviously, in this episode, we kind of learned that. But they're also forces for good, too, because they're protectors of children. Um, there's like, an, there's like a, a mermaid imaginary friend, a unicorn. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, and then Sam has this, like, chubby guy or something, right? Yeah. I think that actually happened recently um, in a 2015 episode. I think it was called Just My Imagination. Um, Sam is shocked when his imaginary childhood friend, Sully, makes an unexpected appearance. Sam tries to understand why he is seeing Sully now. Even more surprising is Dean can see him, too. And I think this is from season 11, which is, I believe, the Demon Dean season. Am okay. I right? Because I think we're in season 13. Last season was the Mary Return season. This season is the Lucifer's Kid season. So that would have been season 11 that Demon uh, Dean was recovering from being a demon. Yeah. The imaginary friends come up more than once, and the imaginary friend in that episode is played by Nate Torrance, uh, who has been in a number of things. You see his face many, very, very often. Uh, he was on uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, uh, Angie Tribeca, Get Smart, Hello Ladies, Weird Loners, Motor City, Mr. Sunshine, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, uh, CSI Miami, and many other shows. Who's the imaginary friend from this episode, and what has he been? What has he or she been in? The imaginary friend from Playthings. Yes. I am right on the IMDb. Let me take a look. Brenda McDonald. Uh, Rose Thompson. I believe so. The one who. Oh my gosh, she was on. If if I'm thinking of the the right person, she was in Scary Movie Four and Elf. But there's no picture, so there's no way for me to be sure. Oh, it's Maggie. Maggie Thompson, played by... No. I'm not sure. <laughs> I did. I, I just... I don't usually pay attention to the cast, because oh. I'm a horrible actress. <laughs> I would think that the picture would give it away, because she was a little girl. I'm pretty sure she played Maggie Thompson. And the name is Conchita Campbell... But she doesn't look very young in her picture. The the episode in the uh, the thing in this episode is more like a ghost too. By the way, it's not so much an imaginary friend. The imaginary friend uh, plot doesn't really come into play until, as I mentioned, <laughs> until season eleven. Um, this episode is more of a ghost that is pretending to be an imaginary friend, whereas we actually have imaginary friends that come up later on. Yes, um, I, I I think that the two cross over pretty easily, though imaginary friends and and ghosts. Because they can, either which way, they can be perceived as just, oh, that's just my kid's imaginary friend. 
with being either. In uh, um, on... I have a website here that says an, Ameri- an imaginary friend can be a child spirit guide, a guardian angel, a deceased loved one, or another child in spirit. On today's parents' website, uh, uh, the psychologist who wrote the article, I will have a name in a second. Please article your names. Uh, Lisa Cadane uh, wrote this article in 2016. Why kids invent imaginary friends? Uh, having an imaginary companion is common in preschool and beyond. The pretend pal is often a personified object such as a teddy bear that can talk and play with a child. Sometimes it's an invisible friend like Dylan. According, in to, according to a 2004 study by University of Washington and University of Oregon psychologists, by age 7, 65% of children have had an imaginary companion at some point. Research indicates eldest or only children like Jackson are more likely to invent imaginary friends. Uh, the kids that they're talking about are in an article previously to it. Uh, saying that when Deborah Tetlet, Tetley is too busy to play with her four-year-old son, Jackson, he, invent, he invites his friend Dylan over to play soccer or hockey. It works out well for Tetley because she still has only one child to supervise. Dylan is her son's pretend friend. Dylan is also a real-life friend of Jackson's, but since he lives two houses in Lethbridge, Alta, Atlanta, and they only see each other on summer camping trips, Jackson has to pretend to play with him the rest of the year. Tetla says she was taken aback the first time she saw her son high-fiving thin air. I was a little startled. The constant question parents ask themselves, is this normal? And I guess it is for a child who's basically a single child in a with a uh, single-parent household. Um, according to Kimberly Ecker, a registered psychologist in Calgary, children often create playmates just to engage in imaginary play. Imaginary friend can also be used as a form of self-soothing during a big transition, such as adjusting to a new home or divorce. It's a way for children to practice fledging social skills in an environment where they're in control. Huh, that's really interesting. So let me get this right. <laughs> Dylan is a real person that he sometimes pretends is there? Correct. That is fascinating. I didn't even know that was a possibility. I thought they were always just completely made up. Going back to a previous episode that we've actually recorded and talked about, there's the tulpa, and the tulpa has been used apparently as an imaginary friend as well. What is the definition of an atulpa? Uh, following the popularizing, uh, sexualiza- uh, secularize- secularizing uh, the concept of tulpa in the Western world, which is a concept of mysticism and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual and mental powers. It was adapted by 20th, 20th century the- uh, theopists from Tipian Spropa, which means um, manifestation. Huh. And it appeared in episodes of both the X-Files and Supernatural, such as the Supernatural episode Hell House, which first introduced the ghost facers. Oh, my gosh, that episode cracks me up. Um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Children is an animated series uh, created by Craig McCracken for the Cartoon Network. And Mr. Snuffle-Uggapus, Mr. Snuffle-Uggapus, Snuffle-Uggapus uh, was Big Bird's imaginary friend on Sesame Street until they made him an actual character. Yes, I I do remember that from Sesame Street. Oh my gosh, how long ago was that? (laughs) Yeah, created in 1971 and played by three different actors, currently being played from 1981 to the present day show now on HBO by Martin P. Robinson. Snuffleupagus was, I cannot even say the name correctly. Snuffleupagus? Yeah, thank you. Is basically like a woolly mammoth. Yeah, he's the big guy. He's the big woolly mammoth that kind of 
is he's like an, for anyone not familiar with the woolly mammoth is woolly mammoth is a prehistoric elephant covered in hair elephants are yeah. hairless these days well with, with very few hairs on them but that's what this creature was on sesame street i had no idea that he was big bird's imaginary friend for a while um that's interesting that they gave an already imaginary character an imaginary friend that's kind of interesting right. considering that big bird's not real um yeah uh, i guess that was the point maybe <laughs> But uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends was basically like a bunch of creatures that lived in this, uh, you know, in the imagination of these ch- children. It ran for uh, 79 episodes in six seasons. Um, I watched an episode here or there, but it came out at a time that I wasn't as interested in cartoons like that anymore. But uh, maybe one day my son will get into it. Um, yeah. But a lot of the creatures, a lot of the imaginary friends in that are like creatures that you would see like in a film like Monsters, Inc. So I'm reading in... Amanda Lineitmeter.com. Uh-huh. Uh, she has a blog, and I'm reading from the page Imaginary Friends Are They Ghosts? And there's, there's all these bullet points that I'm looking at. Is your imaginary friend, is your child's imaginary friend a bad influence? Um, and, and this is fascinating. Uh, to make this assessment, simply pay attention to how your child acts, and when they say that their imaginary friend is around, Pay attention to how differently your child acts. Do what you would do with any other playmate mate, you don't want your kid around. Kick them out. And this this uh, blog is, is very much saying that imaginary friends very much are likely to be spirits. And it says when your child grows out of your imaginary friend, that's because the child has gotten too old and the ghost child leaves to find another playmate their same age again. Spooky. According to faithfilledfamily.com, it asks the question, can an imaginary friend be a demon? Now, this is a website, this is a magazine that is very spiritual and very much into Christianity, um, so we're only sticking to the part about like whether or not imaginary friends could possibly be demonic presences. Uh, this is not to get on a religious tangent, just keep that in mind for anyone listening. Yeah. Many. Uh, this re- article is written, by the way, by Michelle Danko uh, back in 2015. Many parents chuckle lovingly at the children's imaginary friends. We dismiss it as creative tendencies and know that it will go away one day when the child is willing to let go or they make friends. But would you uh, attribute change if they knew that they were talking to a demon? Dun, dun, dun! Spooky. Um... Children, because of their innocence, can easily see into the spiritual realm, and if they don't know about the demons, the demons themselves can easily befriend your child. Imaginary friends are often blamed for bad behavior, and they can tell your children to do bad things. This friend... This friend, in quotation, seems really knowledgeable and always caters to the child's will. It tells children lies and gets them to act out. Children often call a demon by a name. Sometimes it's an actual name, but sometimes it sounds like an imaginary one. However, what sounds like an imagination is not. It can be a real name of a demon they are talking to right under your nose. It is in your house and influencing your child. It does so because often in order to get to the parents... Oh, Jesus. Demons will influence children. I just sneezed. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Um, learn how to confront and attack these demons. Also discover how to close the door permanently so that your child doesn't let them back in. That's kind of like what happens in the Paranormal Activity movies. Uh, Toby, the demon, is a friend to the little girls. Yeah. And they meant to mention that in the first film, that, oh, he was an imagined, Toby was an imaginary friend of ours. Um, and then in the third film, you find out the truth behind Toby, and Toby is this demon that was summoned by the witches in the coven that are connected to 
everything that's going on in the film um, to possess uh, the uh, the firstborn male in the family. Huh. As its vessel. So it uses the girls to do that. Um, wow, so, WowMagazine.com, uh, which I, I'm assuming wow means like women, something, women, something, something. Yeah. Imaginary um, friends or demonic entities. According to psychologists, the prefrontal cortex and medical temporal lobe begins picking up signals at 18 months of age. This is the area of the brain that is responsible for abstract thinking is where the children begin to develop their imagination. Because of this rapid development, the mind starts to perceive things that are not exactly there, leading to the so-called pretend play that most kids perceive as reality. According to experts, eldest and only children are most likely to invent them and should have no psychiatric impact. It is. So I'm reading on romper.com. Eight times you should pay attention to your children's imaginary friend. When your kid's imaginary friend has an interesting backstory, that's something that I would have never thought about because kids are naturally theatrical, most of them. But um, apparently if their imaginary buddy has a disturbing backstory, one riddled with abuse, for example, your child might be trying to tell you about a particular situation that they've experienced themselves or uh, who knows when your kid prefers imaginary friends to real friends which is interesting because usually children make up imaginary friends because they do not have real friends Mm -hmm. when your kid's imaginary friend becomes a constant scapegoat which that just that's kind of common sense when you're when you realize your imaginary, your kid's imaginary friend is an important memory you all should cherish, because that's probably not very healthy when that's your kid's whole life. Did you ever play an imaginary friend in a movie? I did not. You did not. Okay. Um, are you worried that your child will develop an imaginary friend? You know, I hadn't really thought about it until recording this, but it it very much would make possible sense because uh, we, we're military and we move. Mm, yeah, and um, any number of things could possibly happen. Yeah, yeah, constantly moving into new houses. And, you know, I'm very fairly positive, actually, that our house on base was haunted. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my, my husband would get deployed... And then I, I would wake up all hours of the night hearing a baby crying, which wouldn't be weird living on base where there's lots and lots of children, lots and lots of new moms and such, except I lived at the very corner away from everybody and I had like foot thick cement walls because mm. for Navy and those houses will survive a hurricane. So there's, there's no way. Well, There's no way that I was actually hearing an actual baby crying unless they were walking like right outside my window and holding the baby and just letting it cry, which makes no sense. Well, that is pretty much all the notes I have here for uh, anything to do with imaginary friends. And this episode will pretty much cover the episode we're talking about, plus the future episode in season 11 that inv- involves Sam's uh, friend, Sully. Um, I, I don't have much either. Uh, one of the websites that I, I did have uh, was taken down, unfortunately. Huh, interesting. 
Yeah. Well, if you would like to find out more information about Imaginary Friends, you could check out the uh, different uh, websites containing to child psychology, because that's where a lot of it has to do with. If you'd like to join us on the Supernatural group page, Supernatural Creatures and Lore, or find us on Twitter at SPN Creatures and Lore, or at Chris D S A V and Mel Heflin's Twitter. At Mel Heflin, M-E-L-H-E-F-L-I-N. And we'll be back next month with another episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore Podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred Heart is Season 2, Episode 17, right? Nowhere to go You only can't see things There's nowhere to go It's the creature